Mox just issued an open challenge for All Out. I'll bet we'll get a name before the show's done. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good... That's a good um, uh, way to start this segment. Yeah. A little AW spoiler. Yeah, because, well, when we were recording last week, we had no idea what was going to happen. And last week, that was the big... Everybody was shocked that Mox went over on Punk pretty clean and... Fast. Well, yeah... I guess it was clean in a sense where he literally just beat the crap out of him. Those elbows were numerous. They were definitely working snug, but it wasn't it wasn't a shoot. And this is just my 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 professional opinion. If you ever want to see if some if you want to elbow somebody for a shoot, you're elbowing them with the point, not with the back. So, I I but I don't want to take away from is it real or is it memorex because the real part of it is it's a fantastic storyline. It's so good that nobody saw this coming. And then he went in there and just manhandled him and then cut that promo afterwards saying, oh, 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 was that not supposed to happen? Oh, did you not expect that? Talk about putting Mox right back in the game with a bullet. I thought it was great. I mean, AEW is solid. And that's why, again, so much heat right now behind the scenes or at least alleged heat, shall we say? Yeah. Um, it's hard to... The, it, it's, you don't see it on screen in the show. I don't think the show is suffering, um, despite what, you know, whatever. Uh, AEW's always had its critics, and that's not going to change. There's folks who don't like it. But I think the show is still solid and entertaining and enjoyable. Um, they have issues, but, you know, all wrestling promotions have issues. Yeah, no, I, I they're still getting ratings, and I think they're going to... I don't think... What's up, that, Victor Bravo? Yeah, Victor, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> but I don't think by any stretch that Discovery is going to not spend money on pro wrestling. There's just too much. It's too... net. This isn't 1999 where you're like, well, we're going to turn our station into a genre station. We're in the middle of the content wars, man. Everybody needs content, and there's no way with Tony Khan, with the roster he has, and the amount of hours that he can put up there and the amount of hours he can even go beyond that, that that show is in any danger of being canceled. And at the same time, now that triple H has proven that he's got the pencil solid in his hand and he's booking some solid shit. And we got two premium live events, pay-per-views coming up this weekend, back to back, man, it's going to be good. And they're going to be trying to one up each other. Good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, this is a great because this is honestly what this is what he needed because it felt like for a while that AEW was about to start running away with it, right? That it's just like WWE people are turn, tuning in to have because of a habit, and AEW is what they were having fun. Like I saw a tweet that's like, "Hey, look, wrestling fans are having fun. Isn't that a unique idea?" So I don't know. I'm excited for this weekend, but let's go over. So let's go over what's coming up first. Well, I know we jumped. tell me the, you have the card there. For, yeah, I got the card for all so, out. Yeah, well, let's do. You want to do all? All right, we'll do all out first since I got it pulled up. So we got the AEW World Trios Championship Tournament Finals. This was a title that we were asking for for a long time. I actually would have preferred them not to have that All Atlantic title, and if they yeah. would have just did the trios title because they didn't really do anything with that. And it's a nice belt. Yeah, it's a good looking belt. Um, I but, don't think but, they but, needed but, that one. But the bastard Pac, he's part of the Death Triangle. Yeah. So he's not really running solo, and 
every time he go like if he's fighting like the House of Black, they're all about you know it's gang warfare, which is fun in pro wrestling, right? That's the NWO DX that was always good. So I have no idea. Do you have any idea who you think they're going to put this on? They brought Kenny Omega back. Is the the OG Elite, the Bucks and Omega, going to get this trio's belt? But then they got the House of Black, they got Death Triangle, they got Best Friends. I feel like it's going to be one of those four. Um, for my oh, money... Oh, okay. So, JJ did say that Pac is out there defending the belt in other promotions. Now, that's cool. That I like. Yeah, if it's going to be a rogue belt that yeah, he like can that. take to other promotions, I think that's great. Um, I think they did a little bit of a... If the, I mean, that's that's a fair critique of AEW. They added a, too many belts there in the last few months yeah. too fast. Well, they got, a lot of, they got a lot of guys, and they have all those Ring of Honor, so, but... I would have been fine if you added those belts if they would have been on a different show. Yeah, Not and on the um, same show. I mean, I don't know what's happened. I, I thought we were fast tracking to a new Ring of Honor show. I thought that was definitely where this was headed, or maybe Rampage was gonna gonna become Rampage of Honor. I don't know. Oh man, but yeah. like they uh, need to. I, I thought that's where that was headed, but it seems to just hit a stall. Yeah, I, I hope that's what they do. And JJ, you can, uh, my friend Eric just texted me uh, on that open challenge. He buried Punk. Is there a possibility that CM Punk is done? Do you think that's possible? Was Punk getting any heat? I don't. I don't. In the locker room, I don't I know. I mean, that's the rumor. Hmm. I don't know. I, I if he's, I can't. I don't know. That that's hard to imagine. I feel like we would know. Yeah, I feel so. I don't know. I'll, I'll look for it. But but let's keep running down the card because we got the so all out. We got the trios, the finals. Then we have best friends is yeah, my pick. Yeah. Oh yes, that's where we're going. Best. I would like to see that. That kind of gives Orange the belt, right? Wasn't he one of the pillars? It gives him his belt. He was not one of the pillars, but he was definitely one of the early adopters. He was. And just one of the guys that uh, would really benefit from a belt because uh, you would never would have expected him to be over the way he was. Yeah. And I think he's all... I mean, I, this is... I just think Orange Cassidy probably has an expiration date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe just give him the belt. Let him, let him have a run with the trios. I think it'd be awesome. I think he would have a longer run if they keep him with best friends. I, I like him as the leader of the group, his friend group. He's kind of like the cool friend, right? He's not the, the dually in T-Birds. He's, you know, he's Kanicki. He is Kanicki, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd rather see him in best friends. So that's who I'm, that's who my heart, that's who I'm pulling for. Bucks and Don't Need It, House of Black. I don't know, they haven't really sold... I don't know what your feelings are on them yet. I, I, I want to like them more. I want to like them more too. Yeah. And I thought they ha- they were really great at first, and they've also kind of stalled. Yeah. Oh, big cast just showed up. Oh, looking really <laughs> jack stoked. Oh, big cast is all elite. I hope so. Yeah, because I don't know if, would he bring Enzo too. Enzo was his mouthpiece. And- oh, if they brought Enzo to All Out, you're gonna see the uh, buy rates. Bike, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Enzo's Jack now. Have you seen him? Oh yeah, you see him in his boxing videos. Oh too? my god! Yeah, he's like legit. Like, I think he got to the point where people were probably might be trolling him, but and now he's like, I better be ready to fight if I have to fight. But now I feel like he can probably fight. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be good. See, I, that's what I'm telling. You. I, I I love AEW's unpredictability, and they have this flexibility. To bring in 
indie folks and freelancers and whoever is out there and just really surprise us, you know? Uh, Triple H is doing a great job over there. I think it's things are improving, but AEW just has one bit of leverage that WWE will never have is just that unpredictability. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, they, they definitely have a, a few surprises, although I think WWE has a little bit more surprises up their sleeve coming. You know, I don't think uh, Triple H has, has shown them all now. But, yeah, I feel like AEW can be a lot more nimble with their with their surprises. So that's what I hope it is. All right, so next match. This one is getting a lot of steam as well. And maybe this is a time to play that interview. I don't know how long it is. It might be a middle. We have the, the finals. Well, it's not the finals. It's the only. It's the interim women's world. It's going to be a fatal four-way, four-way dance. Who do I have here? Oh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> hello all right yeah let's pull it up and see this was on a local uh, show here I in texas la mera mera the aew world women's champion thunder rosa that's who i have here she's also the creator of mission pro wrestling which mission pro in the house in this story and i just want thunder rosa to kind of take it over from here um talk about the creation of, of, of mission pro wrestling and, and why you coined it uh, it was very important for us women to do something uh, different in the last, I don't know, decades, three, four. Uh, a, lot of them, uh, a lot of us have uh, faced sexual harassment, and we have not been able to speak out about it. And uh, two years ago, there was a humongous movement. There's Mission Pro over at the Salvation Army. That it was oh, yeah. To create something that was for women, and it was run by women. So women could feel safe and feel a, a place in where they can be represented, not only as, as females, but also as uh, what is this from? Uh, I don't everything. know what we want, we want to represent everyone. I think it was company. just for the local San Antonio They're to plug the better plug the uh, local the show men. there. You know, what's it like to 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 see those women take advantage of that opportunity and was just Was that the show, show we sponsored, a, or is that a recent here. one? We, you know, we, we, we belong here with, with these men. Uh, I this mean, like, okay, I think that's a little new. Awesome, that's the last one. Maddie Rinkowski. Oh, yeah. Here in San Antonio and other places. It's like the stakes are higher because we always have to show uh, that we are athletes and we should be respected and we should be given the time to, uh, to show our craft. And I think uh, everyone who has been in that position has gone above and beyond to represent that. What you yeah. got coming up? Uh, I know there's a show coming up on the 17th of September. Talk about that. Yeah, we have a Welcome to the Jungle as September 17, again, at the Salvation Army on the south side of San Antonio. Uh, it is our anniversary show. It's our three-year anniversary. And really? I am three preparing years? a really strong statement. Three-year really anniversary strong, of Mission uh, Pro? Yeah. Uh, you know, we say, como in, in wrestling, a promo about how proud I am for the last three years that we've been working as probably one of the very, very few women's shows in the country and probably in the world, too. You hear that? So y'all better be there. He said you better be there because you're a Latina. You're representing for the journalists out there the way Thunder Rosa is representing for the wrestlers. So y'all better be there. Represent. So Local news, always a delight. Yeah, it's always um, fun. So wow. yeah, Thunder Rosa getting a lot of heat lately. She's getting a lot of sheets. heat. Um, Before we get even to the heat, I got to just give, uh, it just hit me just watching her there. So we know... When she first came in, she said less. Who do I have? Sorry. <laughs> she said less, right? And yeah. she got over because it was kind of like the ultimate warrior effect 
where he didn't say anything. He just let his actions do the talking. And she had this very... She had a bit of a, the Ultimate Warrior vibe. Yeah, for very sure. vi- like a very. But she could wrestle. She can wrestle very violent, a good in in a pro wrestling way. She just did her stuff, and I think what happened is you gave her the mic, and I don't know if her promo skills were up for what she was doing. Where I'd rather see what she just did right here on that local channel, where you see the real Thunder Rosa, than the fired up Thunder Rosa because I just I think that's a critique for all professional wrestlers cutting promos if you got the stick. Not everybody has to be yelling, screaming, making fun of the whole thing of there used to be something that we we're taught that never bury your opponent too much or else who are you beating? Yeah. You gotta put your opponent over so it looks like you're beating somebody worth beating and then you get yourself over. Where I feel like a lot of the Interviews now become a little bit more weird and catty. Like they're trying to make it feel like it's a shoot, but it is a work. And then I don't I don't necessarily like when they put a lot of the wrestlers on the spot. Like remember when they were calling her sandbags and she came out and she handed her the sandbags. Because for the audience, for the general audience, are they going to get that? Are you So then at that point, who are you performing for? Are you performing for the people in the back? Are you performing for the the fans that are you know read the dirt sheets, or are you performing for the audience? And right. you don't want to. It's fine that you're going to have a sellout at the monitor, but I feel like those the, when you take those shots that not everybody gets, it doesn't always get over. Now in AEW, it gets over more than it does in WWE because there's yeah. a lot more insiders. So like when Punk did that to Adam Page, people more people got it, and it kind of resonated through the crowd, where that probably would have been you know a fart in a bubble bath in WWE. It would have just happened. And well, like, what was that? And then it's over. So I'd rather see Thunder Rosa be real Thunder Rosa. Just go yeah. out there like she's talking right now. Really calm. That feels like more of a shoot than the screaming. Yeah. With the exception of, and we'll get into this later, uh, and Mike will talk about this, the exception of Riddle and Seth, what they're doing right now, which is on a whole different level. But anyway... That was my rant, but I'm going to bring shoot it back to you, and let's talk about what you heard about her getting heat in the locker room. Um, well, I mean, it's all over the internet, right? I mean, there's a lot of stories out there um, <clears throat> that I don't. I don't even really want to like restate or like you know recirculate here. You know, yeah, you can go Google them if you want to see what, what's going on um, or what people are saying. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that. I think that. She she's she got she's very successful really fast. You know what I mean? Um, I think maybe people could be resentful of that. That could rub people the wrong way, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, she's another one. that's just like we talked about this in Hollywood, the whole that it takes you 10 years, 20 years to become an overnight sensation. Yeah. It's like, well, she, she did it in seven. Yeah. And that's still she's still I mean, and she did it in. Lucha Underground, which was great TV, but apparently that was a really, really rough place to work as, yeah. in the in the sense where you had to get that lawsuits, you know, just to, to get out of your contract. So I don't know, but, you know, and here's another interesting fact. Remember Vince used to feed into it, like when Brett and Sean used to be buddies, when it was, wait, you're from the Hart Foundation, I'm from the Rockers, we're going to be buddies. 
But then when they started getting their singles runs and there was a little bit of professional jealousy, Vince didn't say, hey, guys, cut the shit. It's a work, <laughs> right? We're going to make money. No, he fed into that because he kind of knows that that sometimes does translate into good matches in the ring. If If two guys don't have, if they have heat with each other, but they respect their work, you can still have great matches. And Shawn Michaels is a perfect example. How many people did he have heat with that he had fantastic matches with? And it looks like Thunder has legit heat with Jamie and Britt. I mean, that's the rumor. But And that was a really good match. I, would, I believe, the, I believe the Britt thing. They've had some, some uh, awkward exchanges online. Yeah. Yeah, they really have. So, I mean, I, I buy it. And like I said, I think, um, I think when you're really driven... And everybody, I mean, you know, uh, more than anyone, right? Like, well, how, what's what are the egos like in the back? They're rough, man. They're, I mean, a, you got to think you're the best to be the best. You have, you have to believe to. you're the best right. to be the best. And you're in a room of people who all think they're the best. Yeah. How does that go? Yeah. You know, and, and back in the day, you know, a lot of the vets, they looked at uh, the title as a pacifier for the babies who had egos. But that's not necessarily the case. But that's how they looked at it, right? And I don't think that I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you can find a way to get over and be over without having the title. But now we're talking about guys that kind of come up with this business for so long and you dream, you know, the Shawn Michaels, the boyhood dream has come true. You kind of want to, that's kind of a status symbol for yourself to show that you had made it. So that's when you get to that stage and you have those eagles, they're just like, they're battling, they're fighting for their dreams. So I don't know, but is it possible? Cause does what's, what's Brian Danielson's reputation here in AEW versus WWE? Have you heard anything? I have not. I'm really, that's the one I was really curious about. Right. He comes off as a shooter though. He does. And he didn't in WWE, did he? No, I think early, even when he was doing, that first uh, program with Eddie Kingston, and he shot on Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston did the whole, um, you know, he did his whole, you know, mental health promo. Yeah. It was like, uh, I think he came off as a bit, I think he comes off as a bit of a, as a bit of a diva, but not, not like a diva, but like a, um, what do you call it? Well, he's a definitely. Social a, conscious a, diva? Yeah. He's definitely a, a wrestling purist, and he's going to look, you know, and he's going to respect you more if you're into that. Remember when he had his heel run? I think that is one of the most underrated heel runs in wrestling history with Daniel Bryan, champion of the planet, not world champion, champion of defending the planet. He had the hemp belt. He was all green, and he was just, he's better than you because he's trying to save the planet. I thought that was great. And maybe there's a really a part of him that really is like that, that he will look, kind of look down on you. He's like, oh, you're not really, you're a sports entertainer. You're not a wrestler. But look at all the magic that him and Miz made, sports entertainer versus pro wrestler. So I don't know if that's, but I was curious because I feel like he should have been, he should be a locker room leader. They could have put the interim belt on him, and I, I'd be curious why that decision was made not to put it on JJ him. said he's got a reputation for being a bully. Really? Yeah. In the ring? In the ring, in the back, I'm not sure. Really interesting. Yeah. Like, I no. mean, he's definitely the most experienced guy there, right? Yeah. Um, he definitely, you could tell he takes the business seriously. 
he takes wrestling seriously. Yeah, you know? he no, it's it's a, it's and there's he, no he sports. came he came to AEW so he could wrestle, right? He had done the sports entertainer thing for ten years at that point or longer. Yeah, he wanted to wrestle and get hurt and get, get and bleed. He yeah, to bleed again. He did. He's just like I mean, yeah. I mean, think of the risks he takes on his neck. He still does those top rope missile drop kicks where you land flat on your back instead of your side. And everybody who's done the top rope missile drop kick and the diving headbutt have all had damage eventually done to their neck. So when he does that, I still, I still wince. Yeah, JJ said in the back, but he's addressed in an interview, and it sounds like he takes things very seriously. So it comes out very seriously, so it comes off that way. So, and I think he does. So I was curious why he didn't get that run of the belt because remember he had the he had the baby face pop when he showed up in AEW, and then but he didn't do the yes chant, so it was just like it kind of simmered. But then he started telling it like it is with the fans, like. And they started booing them. It's like, I don't care. Boo me. I'm going to just tell it like it is. So maybe he does have that vibe. But I don't know how I got on that. <laughs> oh, we were talking about like. We're talking about wrestling, yeah, bro. But we're talking about real versus like worked. I'd like to see how. Just just tell them what you really want to do. Michael Hayes told me that in a promo once. Just like, hey. He said, hey, hey, Rico, you know, you don't have to scream. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, no, just, just tell him what you're going to do. Tell him what you're feeling. He's one of the, again, and that's why I think he's one of the best underrated producers in the business because he listens to everything. Every, you know, you're a director. You know, the little things matter as much as the big things. Yeah. And he just took the time, like, you don't have to yell. Just tell him what you're going to do. What were you yelling about, bro? Uh, I was yelling at Chaz about what I was going to do with him, and I called him a spaz. <laughs> but yeah, that was in the Sportatorium when I had a, 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 a couple of times with the mic. But again, it's, it's just important to just, I learned at that point, you got to be a little bit, a, a more authentic, organic version of yourself and just amp it up a little bit when you're in the ring. But don't scream just to scream, to just say, we're in a fight. I don't like you, so I'm going to scream. Oh, I'm going to scream back. It goes, it shows through, and I feel like it happened on, and you can tell probably in the Mission Pro show is a perfect example, right? A lot of those girls are just getting started, and they're going to be very, and a lot of them are going to have great careers. Congratulations to Kylan King. She's getting a nice run in AEW now. But when they grab that stick, doesn't it always feel just a a pinch awkward? Well, would you say that, that is a skill like if, when you're getting into the business the profession would you say that the physical portion of it is what you learn first and that the promo stuff comes later because 100%. i was thinking about this the other day i was watching wwe and uh i saw bailey was back to, to watch and see what bailey's doing bailey is so great on the mic now yeah do you remember when she first came out and you know she had her good girl gimmick and she was super over yeah. with her gimmick but she didn't really do a lot on the mic. No. But and then when she would when she was on the mic, it was awkward. Yeah, that's hundred percent. No, you you're know? absolutely. Even right. though she, I feel like she was the hottest gimmick in NXT for a while. She you was know, when that music would come on, it would go nuts. It was at, that one show we went to. Oh yeah. She was so over, but like she'd get on the mic and it just felt strange. It was awkward. But now she's amazing on the mic. Yeah, and it took a lot. And she's hurt, so she's still hurt. Yeah. She's not ready to wrestle yet. So, but they're utilizing her. And for, but you're absolutely right. 
you you get into wrestling because you want to be a wrestler, but you realize if you want to stay in wrestling, you have to grab a microphone and basically convince people to come watch you perform. It doesn't matter if you're the best wrestler in the world. We've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. More people are on their feet if somebody's if Eddie Kingston puts somebody in a in a headlock and he starts talking shit. People will be on their feet versus somebody who's doing spot 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 spot. Other than AW, that doesn't just it really doesn't register because it's happening so fast. It's like yeah, what's the frame rate on, on those movies? Like remember in the Hobbit when they up the 40, frame 48? rate? Yeah, when they up the frame rate, you're like, what did my, what did my brain just witness? I feel like that happens a lot, and I'm not saying there's not a spot for it. I think there's a spot for all of it, but if you want to be the guy that they're going to be talking about 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, you got to work the stick more than you got to work your bumps. You know, Mick Foley even was a perfect example of that. He got so over with his sick bumps and he had like a cult following, but he didn't become that world champion material until he did those backstage vignettes with Jim Ross. And then Vince McMahon said, that's good shit, pal. And then he started like, talking organically and for real and then but he was already doing that in ecw if you watched it like he was a guy he cut the best promo you know because talking about mikey whipwreck and talking about like man it sucked driving you on the jersey turnpike and i gotta go here in both long island and you were so inconsiderate because you would just pull over into the rest stop instead of getting a healthy sandwich at roy rogers you'd get a bag of doritos why the doritos mikey you know i have an eating disorder and you're like what the hell did i just watch <laughs> what was that yeah that was an ecw that was some of his early promos that was between after he left wcw but before he went to WWE. So that was the same. He basically did the same thing that Steve Austin did, that they, the characters that we knew to grow in love in WWE started in ECW, like versions of that. And I think I have insulted him by accident about that once, and I didn't mean it to come off that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was, in, he was in the locker room, and this was probably 94 90 so he just came over and he i think he was just debuting as mankind and i just went up to him and i just told him i was like you know i got msg at my house in long island and your promos you know i didn't call them promos like those interviews you do are some of the best interviews i've ever heard in wrestling and he looked at me and he's like you know one time i went up to ted DiBiase who was one of the best wrestlers in the world and s- said, I loved watching you as a million dollar man kicking kids out of the pool in your vignettes. And he started laughing. And then I'm like, and then I started laughing. I was like, wait, wait, was that his way of saying, I can't believe you're telling me that you preferred my interviews over wrestling, which I, that's not what I was saying, but I don't know. Did it feel like maybe that's what he was saying? <laughs> Cause that was his <laughs> response. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. And I'll never forget his pants were falling down, but he had a Mary Higgins Clark book in the back of his pocket, in his back pocket. Like Fonzie had a comb, Mick Foley had a Mary Higgins Clark book in his what back book? pocket. I don't remember. I just remember the author because I recognized the, the font. I was like, Mary Higgins Clark. I was like, when I remember going home, I was like, I can't believe that Cactus Jackson was reading Mary Higgins Clark. <laughs> Oh man, sorry. I know we went we went totally off of that. So match number three <laughs> at AEW All Third Out match. this weekend, yes, is going to be a World Tag Team Championship match between Swerve 
in our glory versus the acclaimed. And here it is. I know a lot of people are already realizing this. You need to put the belt on the acclaimed immediately. Don't wait. The tag team belt. Um, the tag team belts for, for Keith Lee and yeah. Swerve Strickland. They just got it, though. They just got it. But are they getting over? No. And yes, the, it would be great for the Acclaim to have those belts. Acclaim is so over, man. Scissor me, daddy ass. And you see <laughs> the shirts that are coming out there. And as soon as you hear that, and now they got Billy Gunn with them. It's like, And all his raps are on point. They're so good. They need to topical, yeah, poignant. Do it. Give them, give them the memorable. belt. Give them the belt right now. Don't wait. Are Damn, you... that's great. See, it's tough booking. You know, I hate for the belts to really just hop around, but no. you're probably right. No, I think they they need acclaim needs that belt. <laughs> that's the greatest saying in pro wrestling. That is great. And I thought, you know, it's so Scissor hard. Me, daddy ass. <laughs> it's so hard. I remember being at home trying to figure out, like, wow, we're running out of finger symbols to do for pro wrestling that you can get the fans to do. Like, okay, you got this one. People have already done this one. You have this one. You have this one. You know, you have the click. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they're like, they got scissoring going. And I'm like, and they made that a thing. And that's interactive. Can't you see people in elementary school? What's like, the scissoring symbol? <laughs> <laughs> but now they stick their fingers out to each other. And they, I was like, oh, man. They're just doing everything. They, they have a look. They have a gimmick. And they're great on the mic. And they each play a part. Right? Road Dog did his, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. And all Billy Gunn had to say was, suck it. You know, and they have, now they have... You know, you have the rapper, you know, what's his name? Max, Max Caster. Max Caster. Yeah. And then Max the, Caster. and then, uh, his partner comes out and then he call, he does the pop for the town, like whatever town they're in and he calls him out. Oh, and then he's the one that does the, so they each have like a good gimmick. He does the scissor part. Yeah. I'm sorry. Swerve. I don't even know what swerve in our glory is even supposed to be. I got to be quite honest. I yeah, don't even I mean, know what that means. I mean, it's just it's the byproduct of the uh, too much too much talent. Yeah, too much too many folks uh, on the roster right now. They're not there. enough not enough spots. Yeah, I, I like agree. you said. Sometimes there's just not enough spots. That's like a, a something Forrest Gump would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's not obviously those guys are are super talented, but are are you like? If Swerve from Swerve, what is it? Swerve in our glory comes on TV. Are you like, oh, are you going up and putting it louder? Uh, no. When I hear, I don't, honestly, that name doesn't even make that much sense. <laughs> no, it I'm sorry, it just kind of doesn't. No, it doesn't work. It's for me not. Either. It's 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 uh, it's an action line. <laughs> it's yeah. a call to action. It's not a, the name of a of a group of a team. Yeah, no, I I agree, man. Swerve in our glory and go to you know whatever dot com and and roll in a free trial. <laughs> that is a dot com name, but I can tell you as soon as I hear what what, I run up to the TV and I put it louder so I can hear. Yo, listen, it's so good. Everything about them, they're 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 the hottest tag team in AEW right now if you're talking about somebody who's going to grab your eyeballs. Obviously FTR is like the best in the world as far as like the respected 
wrestlers that are have nothing but gold and they should be the the pinnacle i do agree with that but i'm talking about just somebody who's going to put butts in seats and that you're going to take the time to make a sign are you going to make a sign for swerve in our glory or are you going to make a sign that says scissor me daddy ass you're going to make scissor me daddy ass. which shirt do you want yeah you want a shirt that says swerve in our glory no one's going to kick you out of school for that yeah Scissor me, Scissor me, daddy ass will get you suspended. <laughs> so I, I have my fingers crossed, and I'm, a, I'm in a tweet string with Tony Khan right now. He hasn't bit yet, and we're, um, we're trying to guess on who that person is going to be. And I put a gif of Enzo, MJF, and uh, Eddie Kingston because I'm pulling. I want it to be Eddie, but I want to put in just like give the acclaim the belt. I don't care if you think they need a little bit. No, just give them the belt. They'll they'll work. They'll figure it out. They're already a hot gimmick. They're the heels that were so cool as heels they became baby faces. And this is something that Tony Khan has to lean into. Yeah, I think another critique of AW. We're fans. We can critique it. Yeah. Um, give folks the strap when folks want them to have the strap. Like when it when it's right, do it. Don't yeah. wait. I feel like sometimes he waits too long, and you know that person's moment has kind of passed. I felt like that's what happened with Hangman, although he left to go have a baby or whatever. Yeah. But like, I think when he finally got the title, uh, it was a little past his time. I, he he got it right. CM Punk had already come in. Daniel Bryan came in. Just yeah. Yeah, you know it was I mean? timing. Same thing with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. They should have had the the tag team straps earlier first, like right after the Bucks, I think. Yeah, you know. Yep. They no, were right. so over right at the beginning. What about even Darby with the TNT title? For some reason, why didn't why did it feel like that was kind of just a blip? Well, the TNT title never really got over. I think. It's, yeah. I think Cody had it. Cody was the has been the only legit person to have it. And the thing is, like by the time Miro got it, which who I you would think would 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 get the title over it just it wasn't enough the title seemed beneath him yeah you know yeah and, and they're finally he's coming back and they're starting to kind of give him a little bit of push but yeah even him who was super oper with you know uh a Rusev day yeah right that that was getting that got him over he didn't he hasn't reached those levels yet and has anybody been able to besides cm punk keep the steam that they had coming in i could even argue that even daniel didn't like brian did something he became something different punk transferred into being the top guy and stayed the top guy don't know oh cm punk accepted the open challenge after a passionate promo so okay yeah this so we're gonna have a fun pre-show for all all out i think it's gonna be a good show but but you are 100% right if you think about it. He can even be argued with Thunder Rosa. I do. And he, it's in a, he's in a tough spot because if you want these belts to mean something, you get the belts to mean something by letting people hold it longer. Right. But when, this, when the Honky Tonk Man had the title for over a year, the IC title, there wasn't as many people ready to take that belt. And the problem is now there's tons of people that are ready to carry these belts and not, so you can't do, I do understand you can't have it jumping back and forth quickly, but you, you can, you also can't wait as long as you'd like. I mean, although it, I would say it worked well for Britt Baker because she made that belt mean something, but then it hurt Thunder Rosa and it, she took longer to give her the belt. And now it felt like 
after that huge pop of winning the belt, she didn't have... It's very hard to follow up your winning the title of defending the title with something that's just as hot as your journey to get the title. And Thunder never got something hot because it probably honestly should have... What happened to the rematch clause? What happened to the rematch clause? Why do these people never get rematches? Like, Jericho even called it out. He's like... For Moxley, he's like, how come I never got my rematch? It used to mean something like when you beat the champ, now... Now you got the belt. Now you got to defend against a person that was just the champ. That means something. And they're taking that away because they're like, okay, you lost the belt back of the line. What happened? Why didn't Adam Page? Like, where was his rematch? Like, Punk said, okay, I'll give you your rematch right now. And you see how that got people fired up? I mean, you, you got to have just when you beat the champ, you can say, okay, lucky punch. Any given Sunday, I want my rematch. And then you got to beat them again. To show that you really are, that you've elevated, and, and they haven't done that yet at all. You you haven't seen that, right? Moxley got the interim belt. That was the only two time champ, right? Yeah, I mean they haven't done that at all, and now they're at the point where they almost don't have time to do that. They're trying to squeeze so many folks into the show. Man, but anyway, yeah. Don't wait. Give the belts to the acclaimed. Uh, next match is going to be Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. This was definitely a nice uh, calling card for you know passionate wrestling fans that are that know who Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns is. The only gripe I have in here is Wardlow is the TNT title holder. Who is he defending the belt against? He's not defending the belt. It's the biggest show of the year, and he's in a six-man. Why? That's strange. Why isn't he defending the belt? He doesn't even have a feud going, does he? Well, yeah, the only thing he had was... No, yeah, you're right, because the MJF stuff, again, that he just disappeared after that, and it was over. Yeah. Why isn't Swerve in our glory and Keith Lee going just like, okay, let's do big man versus big man. Let's see if you can really defend that belt why aren't why isn't a heel keith lee fighting wardlow yeah on the biggest show of the year again just our opinion no you're right you're right it's it, it yeah that's not a choice uh then you got the casino ladder <laughs> match that's coming up uh so uh claudio is going to be in this which i thought was interesting is he kind of lost in the shuffle as well he's another one that is just it's like, just it's it's it sucks man they're they're so bloated right now with so talent. much like who would have thought that having too much talent well would i be mean a like i said when they came out they had like six guys and they were they, they were getting a two-hour show out of that um and you felt it you were like oh i can't wait till they get some more folks but now it's just way too many mm-hmm. it's too many and they don't have enough tv time yeah that's very and that's very difficult uh, to pull off. And I think there's ways we got some ideas. Maybe we'll talk about it on Sunday. We got some ideas on how we can fix that. It's it's doable. You got talent. We can fix this. I, my old man is a television repair man. He's got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. You can't fix this, Cross McCauley. <laughs> I can fix it. <laughs> uh, next match to me. And I don't know what that says. This is one of the matches I'm most excited for. Is Jericho versus Brian. And I think as much heat as Jericho gets for whatever, saying that he's overstaying as well, whatever. I don't I don't I don't agree with it. I think he's doing he's still 
reinventing himself so many times, and now you're going to get Lionheart Chris Jericho versus American Dragon Brian Danielson. And if you know anything about wrestling, right, even though it might not be accurate, but he is trained. He was under the, the Stu Hart dungeon tree. You know, he might. I, I read a really awesome article on 411 on who was the actual last survivor of the Hart dungeon. And I don't, it wasn't Jericho. But that being said, he was part of Stu's training regimen, whether even if it was just one the of the Hart last brothers. survivors of the Hart dungeon. Yeah. They, he puts, he builds himself as the last survivor of the Hart dungeon. So, but did you watch that promo between Jericho and Brian? I didn't see it. See, I'm behind. Oh, I'm behind. Man, I gotta dude. catch up. And I even signed up for Sling just to watch. It was great because he's like he did the same thing that Mox did. He's like, I don't want this sport. I don't want the wizard. I don't want Le Champion. I want the Lionheart. I want to see you. Who the the guy that was in there grinding? He didn't say Isabi. The one that was grinding in Japan and grinding in Mexico. That's the guy I want. But Brian took a step further. He's just like, what would your hero Owen Hart? Think of what you're doing with sports entertaining. Damn. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. See, and like I said, I try to catch up at the end of the week on on Dynamite, and I I missed parts of it. But the show is still really good. Oh man, I yeah I. That's why, and again, what we were talking about, you got to grab us, grab a mic, and get me to see. And those two grabbed a mic, and now I'm looking. I'm gonna get the show, but I'm looking forward to that match the most. Not a, not a lot of build on that, but I mean, it's still. It didn't great. need that last promo was almost all they needed. Now, well, I mean, been... AEW is good at doing the two week builds. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of their best uh, best builds have been two weeks. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They and they do, yeah. They are super fast those builds, but like when it feels legit like that, I'm sold. Uh, speaking of doing great. Great stuff on the mic. What about Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy? <laughs> Christian Cage has been really pushing Jungle Boy's button, and you feel like he's wanting to elevate him by really, really uh, getting a little, cutting a little bit close to the bone, right? Talking about his dad and you know your his dead dad and that kind of stuff. Luke Perry, R.I.P. Can we still get that Christian Cage is a pussy shirt? <laughs> I don't know. If did, you it, did that go up on the site? I don't know if it went up on the site or if they. I I think he got in trouble for dropping that word, and then they asked him not to say it. Did you hear uh, Warner Discovery was doing all kinds of great things? They they told AW to tone it down. Really? Yeah. Oh, they told man. them to tone the language down. Corporations, great for America. Sarcasm. <laughs> Sorry, no, don't even get me started on that. Ah, uh, yeah, but I think. Christian Cage is this is great. You can tell you can tell what he's doing. He's at, now Jungle Boy is at the learning tree of one of the best on the mics because you know Christian Cage went from a third vampire in the Brood to being one of the best on the mic. And then Christian, when he turned heel and he had his peeps, man, he was so fired up. I feel like we're getting that version. Of him. He somehow has made Turtlenecks heel again, and that is what I'm here for. I feel like he stepped a little <laughs> bit into the MJF space when MJF <laughs> left. He kind of just slid into that spot a little bit. Yeah, so I, I love me a heel turtleneck. <laughs> so I, I think it'll be that good match. Yeah, JJ says it feels like there's a holding pattern for future ROH people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they... Pull the trigger. Make it happen. What's yeah. going? Well, you know, it's probably... What's his name? What's the Warner Discovery guy? Oh, Z- Zavlov. Zavlov. So yeah. maybe we should tag Zavlov. Um, yeah, he needs to fix. Tell him to get man. it together and give Ring of Honor 
uh, a spot. Yeah. Dang, what would be a good day for Ring of Honor? Uh, you know what? Do you? I, I'm gonna go a little bit old school. Give me a give me a Saturday morning wrestling show again. I was thinking Saturday night, but yeah. yeah. So I'll take the five oh five. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but NWA Power is doing that on YouTube. Oh yeah. But what about the the old nine a.m. Try to get kids watching wrestling again. That's I mean, I watched wrestling in the mornings on Saturdays before I watched it at night. Yeah. I'd like so to did see, I. I'd like to see a, a Saturday morning return. Yeah, it to, could be, that on could there, be a thing. Just to get Ring of Honor in there. And I know they're they're thinking more about ad revenue, but back then they were just like promoters were like, We got TV. What time are we on? It's like Fridays at three AM. It's like shit, yeah, we're on TV. <laughs> but now it's just like not it doesn't have the same vibe. But I I do think they need to take one of their one of their branded shows and just brand it ROH and be done with it. Yeah. Just be done with it. I don't care if you it's like, okay, dark is your is your feeder show. What is dark elevation? What is that? I never got exact one. Well, one of them is a studio show. One of them is a studio show okay. at um, Universal Studios. Oh, really? Yeah, in Florida. Oh man! And then the WCW. other one is you know the the pre show at the uh, at the Dynamite shows. Man, hmm. I want to say Dark is the one that's at the studio. And it's tough because, look, I, I'm even for a show. I, I'm all for a studio show. If you can find a way to make revenue not worry about fans in the audience and you just have that old school. Like, have you watched any of the NWA Power shows? Um, I was watching them at first. Yeah, they're I, good. I, yeah, I haven't uh, followed up on them, but yeah. That was just, it always made it feel like you were watching the TV show. And then when you were watching a real, the like, the... Ronnie Garvin versus Ric Flair in the studio was, we knew, with only 20 people screaming, was setting up for a big match at the Omni, and it made it feel bigger. Because, like, oh, yeah, I remember when this happened. It's kind of like a couple people crowding around a locker, and then, like, after school and then the parking lot, you got a parking lot sellout for that match. It just made it feel special. So do a Saturday morning Memphis-style studio show. Maybe studio shows don't work anymore. I don't know. I don't know what kind of numbers NWA is pulling, but have they have gotten a, I mean, Billy Corgan is their biggest star and he's the owner. It's true. Right? I mean, there's a, you, they got shows? solid, solid talent. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a lot of wrestling talent out there. Yeah. There's just, it's just an abundance of talent. So yeah, we need more, more shows for them to, uh, to be on. But I think, I don't know if a studio show, well, I don't know. Lucha Underground, I thought, really worked. Lucha Underground They had sort worked. of a unique studio look. Though. That felt like a studio, even though they had it was a bigger audience, but it felt special. It had a, you have to have that vibe, right? You it had those stairs. It had that, those oh, big stairs. Yeah. Um, the office, like the mysterious the know, back Dario's office. office. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, they did a lot. I don't know uh, if like a, a straight up three camera studio show flies in, but, but the thing is, with technology now, you can do it anywhere. So you could you could innovate on that somehow. Yeah, you could do you could do it outdoors somewhere. You could do it at different locations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like there's potential. I'm down. I yeah. I I. But you're right. I think it would, could just be something that you can innovate on the past. I'm not saying you can reinvent. Obviously, KFA is dead. Thank you, internet. But you're not going to 
be able to just keep doing the same thing because now what everybody's used to is, is feeling old like i was hoping triple h was he was already just do different camera angles different colors like something just feel a little bit different <laughs> but anyway again another tangent ring of honor get your own show sign of the night just enjoy wrestling that's a great sign that's a great sign <laughs> let's do that as a shirt tony yeah. khan yeah make a we shirt we came up with it yeah <laughs> oh no i think jj said it was out there in the audience but yeah but we came up with the idea to put it on a shirt. yeah that we're the shirt guys <laughs> hey you're the shirt guys all right and then the last match uh, that's uh setting up for aew all out is ricky stocks versus powerhouse hobbs did you expect ricky starks to get over as much as he did you watch his promo yet I have not. Oh man, you got to watch his promo, man. He cut a he cut a passionate promo, and it's the most interested of I've been ever been in Ricky Starks outside of saying Ricky Stocks. It was great, and wow. now he's going to give Powerhouse Hobbs the, a little bit of the rub because you know he got the heel turn. Team Taz is dead, but I don't know, man. He just he it again. It felt passionate. You felt the passion. He felt a little bit like. Cody must have texted him that night. He's like, maybe try this. <laughs> because you know, Cody's interviews that have so much passion and you just buy into it. And it doesn't matter if it's a, a work or if it's real or if it's fake or if he's shooting or if he's just, you know, you know, just going for it, man. And I just, Ricky Starks isn't. So there's your homework. Watch the Ricky Starks promo and then watch the Brian versus Chris Jericho promo. Can I hijack the podcast for yeah, just go one ahead, second? Man. I want to do a quick why why aren't you watching? Yeah, do it. <laughs> um, there is a there's a, a documentary on YouTube. Uh I think it's pretty short. It's like 30 minutes. A local director here made it. I think I think we've seen his stuff come through. His name's like Ray Zombie or something. And okay. uh, he did a little documentary called Wrestling with Wrestling with Independence. Um and it's not bad, but uh the thing is it's a lot of these guys you remember wrestling was really big in Austin for a couple years. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he got a lot of interviews with these guys, and it's got Keith Lee. It's got Ricky Starks. Um, it's got – I can't think of all the names. But, like, you'll recognize everybody. And you see a, a, a young Thunder Rosa just in the background of some shots. Really? She didn't even get an interview <laughs> at that point. Oh, but, wow. yeah, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, uh, Scorpio Sky, a lot of those folks while they were doing their spots here in, uh, in Austin. Oh, a young, um, what's his name? Murderhawk Monster. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he came out. He was like Big D in Dallas. He yeah. was there for a while. He looks way different than that. You yeah. won't even recognize him. <laughs>